With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the NYYST Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 195 of the NYYST podcast. I am your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And Stack Guy Ryan. What up? And we got Dan Federico to do today. What's going on, fellas? Glad to be on again. Glad to be back. So this is unprecedented, by the way. We've never had a video guest on the NYYST podcast before. Oh, let's go. So this okay. is something you can oh, add yeah. to your resume and <laughs> and will forever follow you. There we go. I like that. <clears throat> so here we are uh, recording Monday night. We're about, uh, what time is it? 23 hours away from the storm. That is the 2020 postseason. Uh, I really wish that I had a sick day tomorrow because tomorrow is just going to be a sick day with Four American League playoff games with the main event um, being the Yankees and the uh, the who are we playing the Indians? I forgot the for Indians or something. The Yankees and the Indians at seven p.m. on ESPN. So when you when this drops, you'll probably be what about twelve hours away from game time. It's going to be Garrett Cole against Shane Bieber. Um, premier pitching matchup i mean if you're going to kick off the postseason that's the way you want to go uh the yankees they did not enter the postseason on a hot streak uh after the 10 and 0 run uh where where did the yankees finish i believe they finished two and two two and six wasn't it two and six over their last eight or two and eight over their final 10 i don't know it wasn't good so they finished. No, they, it was they lost the final game in Boston, three out of four in Toronto. So that's one and four, and then they lost two out of three. So yeah, they finished two out of six, two and six in their last eight. This has been a very streaky team: sixteen and six, five and fifteen, ten and zero, and then two and six. So uh, are we due for another hot streak here? Because this is the perfect opportunity, perfect timing uh, to to bust out another hot streak well let's ask dan this first since he's i'd say the the unbiased one in a sense of he's not hosting this show right now geared towards yankee fans at your in your gut who's winning this first series i mean if you just had to pick it at you know whoa 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 whoa. why are we doing predictions to start the show (laughs) oh we're you have a whole prediction thing lined up that's the end of the show. Everybody okay. have to send. All right. So let me ask you this well, then, Dan. Let me. Are do the Yankees have a chance here? Because if you go on Yankee Twitter, you would think that we were playing the greatest team of all time, and that the Yankees don't have anyone on their team that can that can do this. 
I mean, of course, that's that's typical Twitter. It's always about the overreaction. Um, this has been a weird year for all teams. I mean, we all thought the Yankees were going to be, you know, the best team in baseball going into the playoffs. Number one seed, uh, kind of been a cakewalk this season, especially when we looked at the schedule before the season started. The way the, the you know the Yankees only played, well, all the teams only played within their region, so you know, it looked like things were to line up. But it's really been a year of hot and cold. It's been really unpredictable. And that's kind of how I feel going into the playoffs. I really have no idea what Yankees team we're going to see. We could see, you know, game one, it could be 20 to one Yankees, and then they'll struggle to get more than three base hits the next day. So it's been like that this season. And uh, yeah, the one word I'd say is unpredictable. I really, we got to have this conversation first before I kind of dive into my predictions, because I really, I really don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with Dan. I have absolutely no idea what Yankee team is going to show up. And the funny thing is we said once they get healthy, well, hasn't this team pretty much been healthy the last week? And they played pretty poorly. Yeah, I mean, when they first all came back, though, that's when they went on the 10-game winning streak. That's not really true. It is. Other than who? Judge? I mean, once Stanton Stanton came back, all I'm saying is as they started to get healthy, you were like, yep, that was it. I mean, they won 10 straight games. They were fully clicking. Yeah, but every time. The bullpen finally looked good. Every time he Boone's thrown out what you would call the, quote, death lineup, the only one dying is the Yankees. Yeah. They have not been able to score runs consistently with that lineup. Well, why? I mean, why? There's no excuse in my in my opinion. This lineup, top to bottom, is disgusting. I mean, there's not one hole in this lineup outside of maybe Gary Sanchez this season, but the power's been there for him. So everyone could rip him all, all they want. The guy had 10 home runs in how many RBIs in, in how many games? I mean, the, the, yeah, the, I mean, the power's been there. So up and down this lineup, and his name's Gary Sanchez, so a pitcher's not looking at him as, as an automatic out regardless of his batting average at this point he's still Gary Sanchez he can still beat you at any second why is this lineup not producing top to bottom when it's all together is this poorly a poorly constructed team is that what it comes down to that's what everyone thinks on Twitter I'll tell you that because why have the Yankees not been able to win Uh, why didn't the Yankees win last year we've we've been over this a hundred times they hadn't look. Everybody's going to tell you they didn't have enough starting pitching to win the World Series in 2019, which is true because they would have been sunk in Game Seven. They had nowhere to go had they somehow eked out Game Six. But the reason why they were in as much trouble as they were is because they couldn't come through with the big hit in that entire series. So is that what we're facing again? Is that it reared its ugly head before we even got into the postseason? Yeah, I mean, Dan, how many times that you can think of did Sanchez or uh, Encarnacion get up in a big spot? If they came through just half the amount of times that they did, we wouldn't even be talking about a Game 7 probably against Houston. Yeah, no, I know it's crazy at this point, too. It's like, obviously, we've had different faces come in on this team, but this is now year four of, I mean, okay, you know, we could argue 2017 I thought they were a championship contender. I mean, they obviously made it far enough, but that was kind of the start of everything. But this is now year four of this window. My thing I'm thinking of now is if they don't win this year, how much longer does this team have with this core before there really has to be some sort of shakeup? I don't know what that shakeup could be off the top of my head, but I mean, whether it's one day it will be pitching, the next day it will be not hitting with runners at scoring position, maybe a defensive lapse here or there. 
there always seems to be something coming up in these big spots where something ends up happening. And, and like I said, now this is now going to be the fourth playoffs where we have question marks when going into the season, once again, we thought they were going to be, you know, the top team to deal with in the playoffs. So like I said before, I'm really, really interested, really uh, curious to see how this goes. Let me say this. Shouldn't have it. Go ahead. Sorry. What were you going to say? I said, you really shouldn't have question marks about this team heading into the season. Oh, no, I agree. I mean, if, if you look at this team on paper, what's their weakness? Right now, everybody, 1 through 26, who, they're all, right, they're going with 26 or they're going with 28 in the postseason. Did they say that? I can't even keep up anymore. Yeah, I've, there's too many rules going on right now. I'm not sure. So, we'll just say, we'll just, for argument's sake, we'll say 1 through 26. I mean, what what's the weakness there? Where What are you looking at that is a glaring weakness on the Yankees heading into tomorrow? Uh, Tonight's game, and we'll say tonight because it's dropping this Tuesday morning. Going into tonight's game, what's a glaring weakness? You're throwing Garrett Cole in game one. You're having a healthy lineup where probably Clint fucking Frazier is going to bat ninth. You're looking at Clint Frazier as your nine-hole hitter, okay? He's probably, at worst, a six-hole hitter on any of these other teams, if we're being honest with each other, right? The bullpen, I mean... Is that the weakness? Ryan's brought this up several times, and I can't agree more with him. Tommy Canely is the biggest loss this team has 100%. faced this, this season. 100%. And I'll say this, too. Oh, ever since the 10-game winning streak, ever since the start of that, up, up through these final games, I'm not saying every single game, but for the vast majority, what has been the one constant for the Yankees? What has been the thing uh, that has clicked at least for the Yankees? Uh, what's the one thing that's clicked? Like Aaron what's Boone's pen with putting a starting player on the bench? What's the one, what's the one thing that you can actually take away and say, you know what? At least this has been good. The pitching, no. I mean, compared for the most, part, compa- I guess for the right most for the part. most part, yes. And yeah. so for me, in the in the beginning, before the ten game winning streak, when they went on what eight game losing streak. Yeah. Brian, I will give you one. I'll Venmo you $100 right now if you crack him in the head with that. That'll, that'll, <laughs> fuck, that would hurt. that'll hurt more than the boxing. <laughs> that would hurt way more. Um, During that eight-game losing streak, it was like one, one day the pitching sucked. The next day the yeah. pitching was good, but the hitting sucked. The next day the starting pitching and the hitting was great, but the bullpen sucked. At least during this later stretch, the pitching has been very good. For the most part, you've had your your you know games here and there where it wasn't great, but heading into the postseason, everyone claims pitching wins everything, right? And everyone claims that Yankees can't win because they're home run hitting and they can't do it against the good pitching. Well, our pitching's at at the top of what it's been because you got the best of Garrett Cole over his last four starts, really five if you want to include the game where he gave up a bunch of unearned runs. Um, and you have and you have Masahiro Tanaka, who I don't care what he does in the regular season at this point. I mean, he, he's proven himself in the postseason. Yeah, all right. So I think there's several ways that we can take this. And you want to start with what is the perceived weakness of this team. And if you have to, you have to pick something. Obviously, I think we can start with the defense. Is this defense, defensively, is this going to cost this team a World Series right now? Because defensively, they're not very good. I Did they finish with the most errors in, yes. in Major League Baseball? They uh, were second. No, they were, they were. I don't know if they finished first, but they 
I, I forget fielding percentage or something was, was the worst in the they league. Were in that, and yeah, I, that bottom rung for sure. Yeah. I understand that nobody likes errors anymore. It's a kind, kind of an antiquated stat, but if, when we're, for this argument, it it's not, I mean, we have to look at how porous that the Yankees defense is. I mean, uh, Glaber Torres has not really moved into being a competent shortstop the way that we all hoped that he would be. I mean, are we looking at a situation where the Yankees might be up four to three tomorrow night in the ninth inning and we got to, you know, Boone's calling on Tyler Wade to play shortstop. I mean, are we at that point with Glaber Torres that we don't trust him in, in a playoff game? That's a Dan question. That You see Joel Sherman was already putting that out there. He was saying start – I think he said start Tyler Wade, bench Giancarlo, he said, uh, for Tyler Wade and start uh, – well, I don't know, he had a bunch of weird – oh, start uh, Brett Gardner over Clint Frazier. I mean, Glaber, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan of him at shortstop. I thought – I think we could all agree he was a pretty good second baseman. I, I thought he was good there. I understand the DJ dilemma. I, I know we could bounce him around. A lot of things worked out where the Yankees pretty much had to put Glaber at shortstop because then, then who are you sitting, especially this year? Luke Voigt. You know, top 10 MVP caliber player. We could all agree on that. Gio Urshela is not a, a, a fake like I thought he was. I did not think he would be able to replicate what he did from a year ago. He's been great. So we kind of have to – the Yankees have to plug him there. But he's he, he's a big question mark at shortstop. And it's one thing for this season, but that's a long-term issue that I think is a question that really we have to start thinking about sooner than later. Well, let's be fair, too, to Brian Cashman. I mean – he didn't want to put him there. He's been reluctant to put him there from from the get go. He said he's yeah. he doesn't have the range to be a successful major league shortstop the same way he would at second base. Yankees had forty eight errors on the year. That was the most in the American League. Nine of them were Glaber Torres. So that's wow, pretty steep yeah, number. But, also, yeah. the the active roster for the postseason is twenty six. Just to bring that back around. Yeah, Cashman didn't want him to be a shortstop, but he let Didi Gregorius walk out the door. He did that, and this yeah. is he didn't have to give Gio Rochelle a chance to be the third baseman. He did. He didn't have to give Luke Voigt a chance to be the first baseman. He did. He let Didi walk out the door because he said, I have Glaber Torres here. Now, you all, you you could have kept Didi. You could have stuck uh, Glaber at, at second. And then you would have had uh, LeMayu as your first baseman or third, or third baseman. That's the way that could have went. But he, let, he obviously at some point in this offseason, Brian Cashman felt comfortable enough making the decision to let – Glaber Torres be his everyday shortstop. So that's where that the buck stops at his feet right there. It's a shame Tyler Wade wasn't a better hitter. I mean, then you could, then you could take, who said that Joel Sherman, then you could take him seriously, yeah. uh, but you really can't it, anyone tweeting right now that you need to start Tyler Wade over, uh, over Glaber Torres or, Gardner over Clint Frazier is trolling at this point, in my opinion. No, 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 I, no, no. You can't we're going to get to it later on in the show. We're going to we're going to progress through everything. But a troll, Gardy over Frazier is not a troll job. It's not. Is it? Is does this have to do with matchups? It has a lot to do with matchups. It has to do a lot with a lot of different things. But we'll work through that right now. We'll work. We'll work our ways there. Okay. So right now we're we're focused on the defense. We already know that. And here we, we'll bring it up right now because it it comes into it comes into uh, part of what we're talking about here. Clint Frazier has drastically improved his defensive play this year. Okay, I don't think we have had to worry about a ball being hit to Clint Frazier 
at all this year. But Brett Gardner is a plus defender. Brett Gardner has you know, been there, done that in the postseason, played these games in Cleveland before. He's going to be out in left field where that wall can be a little funky. That's where that comes in. If that's the argument, and, then then I'm not sold by any means. And you're not sold, but what, I believe, Fra- uh, you know, Guardy hit 390 down the stretch of the season here, and Frazier's been in a terrible slump. And you're facing a really tough right-handed pitcher in, Sh- in Shane Bieber tomorrow. Okay. The, the momentum is in Brett Gardner's corner to start tonight, Tuesday night, against the Indians. I mean, you can make an argument that Frazier's earned the right to slump and and get this start regardless, but when you look at how good Gardner is defensively, and he's still better than Frazier in my opinion, you you, you really can't afford to have a, a Clint error show up Tuesday night. Yeah, Dan, tell me if you agree agree with this here on, on my take after Christian's. For me, it's... You've you've knocked Clint Frazier up and down so many times. Back and forth. Is he your guy? Is he not your guy? Right now, he's done enough for me this year and turned it around where I'm heading into the postseason. He's my guy. He's my future. Either he is or he isn't. Brett Gardner is not anymore. Unfortunately, I love Brett Gardner. I'm not knocking Brett Gardner. And I think every point that you just made, Christian, is completely 100% valid. But for me... If if Clint Frazier's your guy, this is when he's your guy, right? You, I'm I'm someone who's like, okay, I know we have to win everything, right? But for me, you you fucking throw these guys out there, and they they determine their own fate. For me, right now, this is Clint Frazier's job. This he's he's his future is with the New York Yankees. Then right now is the time where you prove that to us. And if you can't, then then you know what? Game two, you bench him, or game three, you bench him for for Gardner. Then fine. But right now, I need to I need to see what Clint Frazier is made of in the postseason. See, I, I get your point for sure. I get both your points, obviously. But my thing, it just comes back to you. The, the, this is three game series. You have to win every. You have you have to win two out of three. They're they're back to back to back. And are you going to risk that first game? The first game is the most critical. Are you going to risk that by? playing a struggling Clint Frazier who may have a lapse in left field, or are you going to put in Brett Gardner who may not, uh, you know, get, get a big home run or get a big hit, but you know he's good to work the count. You know he's going to be out there reliable in left field. And what you said about is this being Clint Frazier's time or is it not, the Yankees have proved that they're not crazy about him as much as it sucks to say that. I mean, this year, yes, injuries forced it, and Clint's production made him stay in the lineup, and kudos to him. Wonderful season by him. I was happy to see him out there all the time. But if, if we look back, the Yankees have clearly have not been enamored with Clint Frazier, the player. So I, I could get the argument to both sides. My gut tells me it's going to be Brad Gardner in left field tomorrow just because of the experience, the defense. I know in that string of tweets, Joel Sherman also brought up about the left field where uh, the Indians play their home field is, is a little tough. So, you know, Brett Gardner has experience out there. Um, he brought that up as well. So uh, that, that's my gut. I, I definitely see both sides, but I just I feel like Brett's going to be in the lineup tomorrow. And where do you guys bat him? Ninth. Have to. Yeah, oh, yeah round him out. He's an, he's I mean, Boone may bat him third. We, we don't know. Listen, I, I'm not I, arguing against Brett Gardner, the player, at this point. No, of I, I never would, especially in the postseason. I, I trust my veterans. I trust my guys with experience. All I'm saying is if there's ever going to be a time where – you send Clint Frazier out there. I just feel like it's now. 
it, regardless of the struggle going into it. I mean, so well, many did, guys have struggled Ryan, all year. What did Ryan say last week? These are grown men. I don't care about your feelings. I don't care right about now. Clint Frazier's feelings. I care about the organization's yeah, well, future. No, well, you oh, we don't have to show him anything. The Yankees need to win 13 games and win No, a World I said Series. Clint needs to show us something. Clint Frazier yeah, needs to go out he, there and show that he's the guy. I don't need to know if Brett Gardner's the guy anymore. No, yeah, but you know what, bro? And here's where you're wrong. You don't need to know that he's the guy, but maybe he is still the better option right now. And if that's the case, then then get Frazier out of here while his value's at an all-time high. Because it, because if he's now, not now your guy over Brett Gardner of, at this point... You're just going from one extreme no, to No, I'm next. not, Nobody because if he's not your... He had to trade him, but no. if he struggled, he struggled down the stretch. Has he bro, been hot who, in the last who, two who, weeks? Who else has struggled? Tell me who else has struggled. A lot Tell me who, a lot struggled. of people, right? So you're telling yeah. me just because he struggled... You're going to take a guy who's at the tail end of his career, who's probably in his final season if they don't pick him up next year. I highly doubt Guardy goes anywhere else. And you're telling me just because he struggled, he's not your guy right now? I'm sorry. Then then that's fine. I'm not arguing against the Gardner points. I think they're they make more sense, actually. But then then get then get someone for Frazier at this point. If you don't have enough faith in him right now, after what he proved to you this year regardless of his end-of-the-season struggles, then ship him out. You, you don't have to trade him. Okay, so so let's just let's just rock him back and forth for the for the rest what, of his career. What, again, I'm, okay, so whatever, bro. Why why are you concerned over I'm that? I'm saying to trade him because he's, his value is at an all-time... For once, Clint Frazier is a valuable player for the New York Yankees right now. Yeah, and he'll be a valuable player in 2021. Is he a valuable player for them right a valuable now? Valuable player when? And, until we play at a really difficult stadium left field where we don't trust him? I mean, come on. If we're still having this talk after what he proved this year, especially in the field, then then there's an issue. And again, the points are completely valid. Yeah, he allowed this to creep in by slumping. He did. And then you can't. Then we can go up and down the order about everyone else who shouldn't be playing. Then, well, Gary Sanchez isn't playing tonight. Boone already announced that that Kyle Higashioka will be starting Game One of the postseason, which is so. I mean, kind of crazy, but I. I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay. I get it. And and Dan, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of people on Twitter ripping uh, Garrett Cole for needing a personal catcher. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's never. He he was not requesting a personal catcher. This is the Yankees doing this because they've just had success as a battery. Yes, but uh, I believe it was Martin Maldonado who was with him in Houston who was like his personal catcher pretty much. I mean, yeah. like, again, it wasn't a statement where it was obvious I needed somebody, but I'm pretty sure down the stretch they were worked together. I think that was it. Don't call me on it. But, no, I mean, when you pay somebody $324 million, you don't think that – you're going to need him to play with a specific player. You think he could throw to anybody, especially somebody of Garrett Cole's caliber. But, I mean, the the stats are pretty obvious that he is more comfortable with Higashioka. And, I mean, they're going against probably the, I mean, the AL Cy Young, at least in my mind. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, tonight. So, you need all hands on deck in terms of what's going to be the best for Cole to be his best. And based off the stats, which I'll go with, it is Kyle Higashioka. Yeah, and if you if you think Kyle Higashioka is going to bring the best out of Garrett Cole, then you do. And it. If you think that he's a better 
defensive catcher than Gary Sanchez, then that just further plays into the argument why Brett Gardner should be in the lineup over Clint Frazier because he's a better defensive player than Garrett Cole. And if runs are going to be at a premium, you want your ace to have the best possible defense out there, don't you? Do you think Glaber Torres will be treated like Andujar from a couple of years ago? What was that, two years ago or last year? Two years, 2018. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I when, brought, when he came out, what, after five innings? Yeah. Every game? I don't know if they'll take him out after five innings, but I would not be, I'm telling you, I would not be shocked if we're in a run, a one-run game tonight and Garrett, uh, Garrett Cole and Gleyber Torres is, is, uh, is, you know, he's replaced. I would not be shocked. I am just just wouldn't be. Especially when you think about him this year. I mean, offensively, he's not been the player that we've seen over the last couple of years either, so... Uh, his, his confidence seems a little shot. He's just not putting together the at-bats that fans are used to seeing. So, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I don't know if I could justify that. I mean, I could, I guess, but I feel like you got to keep him out there just, just because of what you could do at the plate. So, Well, for me, are, are we still discussing the weaknesses of this team? Because for <laughs> me, it's not as much the defense as it is not having a guy towards the middle end of this order that you're confident in, in a sense of he can put the ball. This sounds crazy. And I know how much DJ is, is valued at the top of this lineup. For me, I would have messed with, I wouldn't mess with it now, but I would have messed with it down the stretch of the season of batting DJ like fifth or sixth. And I know that sounds crazy, but the Yankees biggest struggle is when they're in the middle of this order and they have all or nothing guys and people I want to give myself a concussion the fact that you even think okay. that you should bat okay. DJ LeMayu six. Okay, so just tell me something. <laughs> He's your best hitter. Just tell me something. Well, it doesn't Why? What, okay, when is he going to bat in the postseason? You want to bat him first or second. Okay. You want to bat him no lower than third. Because okay. you want to guarantee him that he's going to be up in the first inning, don't you? Okay, so he gets on, right? So that's great. He gets on. Who's a, who's you want to maximize DJ use that bat? Who's up second? Aaron Judge. What's Judge going to do? Maybe <laughs> get a base hit, right? Who who knows what he's going to do? Who's up after that? Who are they going to go with? Maybe Hicks third? Maybe Hicks. maybe Hicksy uh, strikes out a lot. Maybe he walks, but probably not against against Bieber. Probably doesn't have a good at-bat. Right? Uh, yeah, here we go. And, and then Everybody's who's up after that? Luke Voigt? Chris gets to his okay, point. no, no, no. Luke Voigt might bring in a couple. But then after that, it, these guys, especially against a pitcher like Shane Bieber, are going to go down like flies. They're going to go down like flies. And that's the issue every fan has with this team. Why don't we bat a mace then? We'll get that third inning rally going. Maybe fifth. Why not fifth? No, because you don't want him. You want to guarantee DJ LeMay who's going to bat in the first inning of the game. I you don't want to bat him fifth. You're using him to set tables for guys who aren't bringing him in anymore. I'm using him to hit home runs in the first inning as well. Listen, it sounds crazy, but what I'm saying is the Yankees' problem pick is one that guy, they're one setting guy to get these tables. Pick one guy to get five at-bats in this lineup. Who do you want him to be? Everybody else is going to get four. One guy is going to get five. 100% DJ LeMahieu. So that's I why get you that. don't – yeah, so you're okay, not batting but, in fifth. But that doesn't matter. What? Why have the Yankees been losing so much? What has What has been lacking? What has been lacking that's every time they lose team. lately? The the their Their ability to score runs? I mean, so so what? Let's let DJ get five hits tomorrow night and go five for five, but no one else can bring him in. I mean, has that not been the issue? 
Well, you're not going to bat him fifth. I you're know that. All I'm saying is they need a if guy. You tell me you they need put, a contact guy. Tell me, tell me you want to drop him the third. I'll, I'll say, okay, I agree with that. But not fifth, dude. You got to have okay. DJ you up in the first Okay, inning. can you hear you me out? To. Can you hear me out for a second? Maybe uh-huh. not DJ himself. What I'm saying is we're talking structure of the team. Are they not structured right? They need a DJ LeMayu-like hitter, a guy who constantly puts the ball in play, whether he gets a hit or not, in the What's middle of this lineup. What's his name? I don't know. <laughs> that well that's what i'm saying that's what I, but that's what i'm saying to you that's something that this team is lacking i think that's a huge hole in this team where every guy's dangerous top to bottom i'm not saying they're not but why are is this lineup not clicking that was the original question because there's no one there's no one like dj in the middle of this lineup you that is putting the ball in play be? You want to know whose job that should be? It Gary should be Sanchez job. or Glaber no, Torres? Glaber Torres' job. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but he's not getting it done. So maybe no, you bring, not. maybe you put Glaber up a little to bat in front of a guy who's going to protect him a little bit. I mean, we're putting, we're we're saying these guys suck, but hey, no one's batting after them, so go for it. There's no protection. I get your point. It's just that, like you said in the beginning, dollars. No way they even tinker with this line. No, they're not going to touch it. And I'm not saying literally take DJ and put it. But all I'm saying is that's a hole that they have. Yeah, no, no, it makes sense for sure. I mean, you hope, you want, you expect like maybe a Geo to be that type of player, maybe batting towards the bottom half. But I mean, you're right. DJ is that guy. That type of player is exactly what they need. Yeah, Junior Show is another good example. He should be a guy bands about around seventh. That is not gonna. He shouldn't be out there slugging. He should be a guy, you know, yeah. looking for holes in in the infield and going gap to gap. That should be Junior Show's job. And down the stretch, he was on fire. Now, I mean, he yeah. he was tearing the cover off the ball. So you got to just hope these guys don't press. I feel like the Yankees press so much offensively when the postseason comes around. Yeah. What did I hurt? Why? Your, I hurt your brain a little. Why? Because you guys, you guys, the first second, uh, there's trouble. You go on Twitter and be like, "Oh, trade, trade this guy." Yeah, DFA, I don't do that. DFA him in uh, postseason d- designation. I don't do that right? shit. Not for me. So, I mean, if you really want, you really want to continue to look at weaknesses of this team. I think offensively. Hitting and runners in scoring position has been an issue for them. It, it has been. It's just gonna. It's gonna take one big hit, and that guy, the guy that's got to come through with that one big hit is John Carl Stan. He has to. He's got to stop trying to pull everything. And Susan, the other, to her credit, I believe it was, I believe it was Saturday because I was driving. Uh, I was driving and watched the game. She she kind of took him to task. Be like, he hit into a double play in the first inning. I think it was, and says. You know, that pitch where it was, you, you try to pull it, all you can do is roll over and yeah. hit, hit a ground ball double play. Exactly what he did when, if you, like, what did everybody laud him for in the first game of the year? It wasn't the home run that he hit. It was the fact that he took a pitch on the outside part of the plate and, and lined it into it. right field. Yep. Yeah. He's got to do more of that. Not to go off He's topic, not... but why wasn't Susan doing the game Sunday? Uh, Jewish holiday. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, you're so. right, and, and that's why, and that's where these guys start to struggle. It, you know, him and Hicks are the two biggest culprits with this, and the, Yan- the Yankees are guilty to a lot of them are guilty of this of being too pull happy. But Hicks and Stanton are the two biggest 
culprits, the, the guiltiest parties of all trying to pull everything. It's almost a good thing. It's not a good thing, but it almost is a good thing that they're not playing in Yankee Stadium because maybe Hicks will try not to pull everything. They, I mean, he, he could, he just sits, I sit there and I see it. I'm like, Hicks, bro, you could drive a fucking truck through the infield. Yeah. And you're trying to just pull everything, and he's popping up. He's pulling off everything. I know it's 314. I know it's inviting, but come on, bro. Like, this last weekend, the Yankees were the Yankees knew they weren't getting the fourth seed. They really didn't care if they got the fifth or the eighth. This should have been all about playoff preparation, and it should have been these guys trying to do different things at the plate. And Hicks, you know, lay down a bunt. That's what Guardy did the other day. Guardy lay one down. Dan, in your opinion, with Hicks, Right, the only the only real defense you can have for the guy right now is that his on base percentage, especially compared to his average, is friggin' through the roof. Yeah, it's a, it's is it four hundred? I don't know if it's four hundred. It was close. It's close, it's close enough. Where yeah, he's I mean, and that's why you I mean besides the fact that he's a switch hitter, that's why I feel like he is going to be in that three hole, which I feel like all of us are probably kind of scratching our head at. But you know they like to break it up. But yeah, I mean. He is very pull happy. He loves that short porch, which, like you said, Christian, it is inviting as hell. But, I mean, it's to the detriment to his his full game where he could do a lot of damage if he gets on base. You know, he's got some speed. so uh, But he tends to, you know, get 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 pull happy. So, I don't know. Man. Aaron, Hicks, uh, of- Aaron Hicks, 225 batting average this year, 379 That's on That's unreal. Yeah. But for me, Dan, like for the Yankees, how long can they keep up with that? Where they're like, yeah, but you know, he gets on base a lot. Don't we? Don't the Yankees need to see more from Hicks at this point? Doesn't he need to be a guy too that comes through with a couple big hits this postseason? No, one hundred percent. But then again, they he has what five more years now, four more years next year. Yeah, like they have him for a while. I mean, I know it's a team friendly contract, but he he's in it for the long haul, regardless. And and especially now that they do, I mean, with Frazier emerging, I, I was a big believer. And this is kind of going off topic, but just thinking off the top of my head here, I always thought that, you know, hopefully Esteban Florial would show some promise at some point, especially if there was a minor league season. You could plug Hicks into left field, have him um, have Esteban as a full time center fielder, get that defense at speed in the lineup and on defense. But the Yankees uh, own, a, sorry to cut you off, Dan, the Yankees own a 2026 option on yeah. Aaron Hicks. But, I mean, I, I don't know. He, he's. They seem to love him as a player, obviously. He does some good things. Like we said, he gets on base. He gets a lot of walks. He works the count. I mean, he, those are valuable, especially a team here where it's there are a lot of strikeouts uh, on that accumulate with this lineup. But, yeah, I mean, he's somebody who, like you said, we need big hits out of him, or the Yankees need big hits out of him. He needs to step, step up big time, and now's the perfect time because they need these type of hitters sprinkled throughout their lineup. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I really – I don't see – where he doesn't hit any lower than than fifth in this lineup, yeah. Um, because honestly, if you think about it, you can't you can't bat judge and stand back to back. You just can't do it. It's a it's a rally waiting to die. Yeah, but they've done it. I mean, they've been they've done it, and, and it doesn't uh, clearly hasn't worked. I mean, you I think you're locked in at at, at Lemayu and Judges. You're one two. Now is where do you want to go with with three? Is but doesn't Hicks? that piss you off a little that you just had to say that sentence? That that what of batting Judge and Stanton back to back is a rally waiting to die? Isn't isn't there something wrong with that? 
yeah, that they strike out a lot. That is a big problem. And I'm not a guy like, who's like, deni- who, I'm not denying. No, no, no. I'm not a guy who's, who's harps on too many strikeouts. I get it. What I'm saying to you is, doesn't that sentence just sound like it shouldn't exist? Imagine yeah. fucking being able to throw judge and stand back to back in a lineup. And that's not going to work for us. That's a problem. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, if you want to, you want to, you know, throw a ball at Aaron Judge's ankles, that's a strike, right? So that's oh, how yeah. you get out of there. Hey. And then all you got to do is throw a slider in the other batter's box and you get Stan out of there. So, ah, oh, you get Sanchez on that too. Probably a couple other guys. Yeah. I mean, so you got to, you have to break them up. And Hicks is the only, I mean, so Bieber's right handed. So Hicks is going to be the only lefty in, in the lineup. If you're, if you're, Debating uh, whether or not you're going to start Guardy over over Frazier. The only set lefty in the lineup is Hicks. Are you going to, you know, so third is probably the best spot for him. I don't love him there. I I, I might go Voight, Voight, Stan, Hicks, five. I mean, maybe that's the way I go. I like personally a couple of weeks ago when somebody on Twitter asked, What's your optimal Yankee lineup? I had Hicks bat in ninth because I think. Once you go go around one time, you're going to have a guy with that on-base percentage getting in front of uh, LeMayu and Judge. I thought that was a perfect spot for him. But we know the Yankees will never bat him ninth. They like him a lot higher in that lineup. They like, especially if you're going to play Gardner, he's not going to bat ninth. Uh, and um, I forgot my other points. So. I like Hicks fifth because you don't have too many guys protecting him behind him, forcing the pitcher to throw him a strike. Because right now I don't have confidence in, in Hicks hitting. I do have confidence in him having good at bats and, and taking balls out of the zone and, and working a walk. And if you throw him too high, are they shave? Are they shave balls? They are shave balls, which we'll get to in a second, but uh, you throw him too high in this lineup and you have guys protecting him like Voight and, and judge and, and Stanton or whoever else their pitchers are going to be f- forced to throw this guy strikes. And I don't know what he can do with strikes right now. I really don't. All right. Well, Ryan, you want to join the fun here? Ryan can't even hear you right now. He's working right. on something very, very important. All right, because I wanted to go around the room here. If Ryan's sitting this out, then that's fine. Uh, Is it predictions, so we'll though? Because he said he would come in for predictions, possibly. No, we're not doing predictions. So are we all in agreement that LeMayu bats first? Yes. We'll, Absolutely. We'll set up the lineup. Yes. Judge, judges two? Yes. Okay. Where are you going three? Throw a name. Just throw it. Dan. I got uh, Hicks. Two. I got Hicks three. I, they're, right. they're probably going to go Hicks. Yeah, I, I'm gonna put I'm putting Voight there, so that's where we're gonna differ. Stan is your cleanup hitter. Oh, we're saying what we would put. Yeah, well, you want. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Voight oh. for me, 100. percent I would do Voight at third too. Yeah. So we're all in agreement that Voight should be the three hole. Should be yes. yes, yes. So who are you batting cleanup? I, I mean, I gotta. St- I, I really don't know where else to put Stan other. Than I gotta cleanup. go G. Yeah, no, Stan, Stan stays fourth. I think. Where are you going, Chris? I gotta go with G, for for fourth. All right. So are you put so then that means Hicks is batting fifth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Glaber, are you are you in agreement with Glaber at six? No. No. Who are you going? Six? I want Geo six. You want Urshela six? Yeah. Dan, I probably I I would put Glaber sixth. Geo sounds enticing at six, but I'll my first gut was Glaber, so I'll stay with Glaber. Yeah. So then I'm dry, So then Chris is probably going to have Glaber at seven, and that's where I'll have Urshela. Yeah. I have yeah. Seven, and then Gary, <clears throat> Gary eight, or Higgy, and then you who up? Oh yeah, I mean Higashioka, the catcher, Gary, the, catcher the catcher for the day. 
and then your left fielder is nine. I mean, yeah. right? Yeah, Unless regardless. Want, I mean, not really because what if it's Higgy Frazier? If Frazier, you want to maybe Frazier goes eight then. Higgy nine. I can see that. That that, that makes yeah, sense. I, I keep God thinking Gardner, honestly. But. Kyle Gashioka, bro. Like, God damn. This is the guy we're seeing Gary Sanchez for. This guy sucks. Listen, I'd, I'd rather have. I would rather have Gio Rochella bat ninth to round out the lineup than Higashioka. I really would. Oh my god, I just hate Kyle. I hate Kyle Higashioka. I know I you do. So about him. it's just, because the, I, I just it's because everyone thinks he's the greatest catcher in the American League because they hate Gary Sanchez so much. And that's really the guy what it was comes in the minor league, so he was thirty. There's a reason for that. It's not like the Yankees were just like they 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 whiffed on this guy's talent. I mean, he fucking cost him the game the other night. He doesn't even know how to execute a rundown. For Christ's sake, Dan, are you a Gary hater? <laughs> Gary Sanchez? Yes. Uh, I, I'm not a Gary hater. I am. I'm on the fence in terms of you know people. I, I understand that the catcher position is doesn't have many great players, and when Gary's hot. He's probably the best hitter, but how often is he hot? Which that comes down to me. Are, you, are you talking this year or his full body of I'm work? His, I'm talking his full body of work. I, I'm I'm to the point where it's like, how much longer can you try Gary Sanchez out there? Now, That's where I'm we, getting. Towards. We did a show a couple a few weeks ago where I went through every single season that Gary's had, and he's been at the top of the list of every category for catchers every year, even when you think he's not having a great year. Yeah, he somehow does. Even when he's hurt and not playing as many games, he still has the numbers. So, I think a lot of what you're saying is true, and I think a lot of it is a is a kind of a skewed vision we have on Gary Sanchez because when he is slumping, he is the most frustrating player I've ever seen in my life. That's when I think about him slumping. It's like he strikes out three straight pitches. He gives no effort at, at the plate at all. Like that's what I think of. Like there's no, not even a productive at bat happening yep. when he's slumping. And that's more so where I think about it. I do understand. Listen again, catcher, you're not getting the best offensive players behind the plate. And when you look at the full body of work, yes, Gary Sanchez does rank high in slugging and home runs and driving in runs. I I do understand that. I don't want to take away from that because I, I respect it. But at the same time, would you rather have somebody who's way less boomer bust and he'll hit you 260 15 home runs and is a good catcher behind the plate at least you have a little consistency like that's where i'm starting to think of maybe that's what the yankees would need in this lineup instead of another slumping player on top of when john carlos slumping or you know somebody like that so hicks is not producing you know just just examples um, I don't it's not kyle higashioka though I, no, i'm not saying it's kyle but <laughs> I, <laughs> But you know, but, dude, but listen, let me tell you something. If Gary Sanchez was hitting and having a phenomenal year, he'd be catching Garrett Cole tomorrow night, hundred percent, or tonight 100%. if you want to say. I know everyone's listening to this on Tuesday, but he's out there and Garrett Cole's ready for it, and he's going to perform. This is simply Gary did not make enough of an argument for himself, and now if Higgy's working for Cole, fuck it, we have nothing to lose throwing Higgy out there with Cole. No, I mean, uh, it is what it is at this point. I mean, uh, but, oh, God, it's just, I can't. If he hit, if, forget it. If Gary, if, I'll tell you what, 
If Garrett Cole throws eight innings and one run ball, the Yankees win four to one, and Kyle Gashioka drives in one of those four runs. Gary Sanchez should just fucking rent a Hyundai Sonata and get the fuck out of <laughs> Cleveland. Okay. He should just drive until that <laughs> until the wheels fall off that damn thing. Because he won't he'll never he'll never be welcomed back here. Never. Never. I used the Hyundai term because Brian Hoke had an amazing tweet that the Yankees paid the Blue Jays what uh, you can get a used Hyundai Sonata for for Gio Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was about twenty. The, the, uh, I was thinking it was about twenty five grand or something like that. They paid they paid uh, the Blue Jays for Rochelle. That was it. Dan drives a Hyundai. That's why he's not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you drive a Hyundai? <laughs> nah, not quite. But you're close enough. Hey, you know, get you where you need to go. Thanks. Um, yeah, so break down the lineup. So back to – I think we need to touch on the bullpen here. Uh, Garrett Cole needs to go eight innings tomorrow. Or it's in, in, into the eighth. You, The only two guys that should take the mound after – really, the the A-plus game, because remember Francisco used to talk about this, it was Pettit to Mo. Yeah, a big game. Yeah, nobody else touched the ball. It Andy should really Penn be is a starter. <laughs> it should really be Cole to Chapman tomorrow. There should nobody else for the Yankees should touch the ball tomorrow. No, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, if you got to bring in Britain, that's fine. You know what are we going to get out of Chad Green? He either looks like the most dominant pitcher in the world, or he's you know. Rick Vaughn at the beginning of uh, Major League Two, where he's just serving up tater shots all over the place. Uh, here's where the Yankees bullpen is struggling right now. You want to say that you ha- you can lock down the end of the game, you can get your starter to get you get you into the seven. You can go Britton and Chapman and feel comfortable about that, even though Chapman is a fucking roller coaster every time that he's on the mound. I. I don't know any other way to say it. The guy is a walking advertisement for Xanax for a Yankee fan. Yes. I mean, even when he's got the most dominant stuff in the world, you you sweat it out with him. Let me ask you this. You know how typically in a typical season, the score could be 15 to nothing. If your starter still has it, you throw him out there if it's your big guy. If it's 15 to nothing in the ninth inning, you go to your closer. It doesn't matter. You just get the win. In a season where the postseason schedule is different and there's really no days off, you're playing a three best of three series. If the score's like, let's just say the Yankees actually give us a postseason game tomorrow where we don't have to worry and they kill Bieber somehow and it's 10 nothing going into the seventh. Cole's at 85 pitches. Do they flirt with taking him out to not risk anything and, and go to that bullpen? And, and do they try and get around it where they're keeping their guys fresh? Or is it still played as a regular game, as a regular yeah, postseason you, game? Whatever Cole's got in the tank, he, you, gotta, you give mean, it. Because you, he's not going to pitch again in the series. Yeah, that's true. Why? What are you saving bullets for? Uh, not talking about saving bullets. I'm just talking about the risk of him getting hurt. The risk okay, of anything in, in a game like that. I, you can't manage like that. No, it's got to just be straightforward, just like normal. Nothing, nothing changes. You do everything. Yankees you can. are up ten nothing in the seventh inning. I'm gonna I'll, first of all I'll kiss the ground, and say a prayer, and then uh, if he's at 85 pitches and Boone thinks he's got 120 in him, he's he, let him throw 120. 
Why mess around? You can't. There's no game five. He can't come back and pitch game three. What about bullpen you know? wise? Do they do they keep the bullpen fresh if they're in a blowout game? You know, this is something that worried me a little bit <clears throat> coming down the stretch here. Is they really didn't find a lot of spots for Chapman to pitch, and we know how when he's rusty. Oh boy. Yep. What was the game you know? that he came back last year? I think it was against the Mets. It was like one of his first games back after a while, and he just. I think he walked in the Might winning have been run. The Red Sox. I think it was the Mets for some reason. He just couldn't throw. Oh no, he ended out ended up closing it, but he walked the bases loaded, walked a run in, and then he finally got out of the inning. But he just couldn't sure find the strike looked, zone. I'm sure if we look through his time here, he's probably had about 15 of those games. Yeah, but when he doesn't have consistent, you know, there was a game against the Mets. I don't even remember how many years ago it was when the Yankees were up probably four runs, five runs. He was in the game to get work. That was it. And he and they had to bring in, I think it was Chase and Shreve was the one that got him out yes, of it. Yes, you are skin, you have yeah. such a good memory. By skin in her teeth. The only reason why I remember that is because uh, we were having a, it was on my wife's birthday and we were having a, a barbecue for her birthday and I was trying to finish watching the game while everybody was coming over. And I thought I was going to be able to get outside, but, you know, there's Chapman pulling his bullshit. Yeah. Look, if we're going to talk about bullpens and we're going to talk about the weaknesses of this team going into the postseason, the weakness is the middle relief, in my opinion. It's it's that bridge to get to Britain, to get to Chapman, and you're going to have to see a guy step up that you're not used to seeing step up. And Wait, who's, who's on the phone now? This is that guy right here calling in. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, well, you're, I was... Where, yeah, where go ahead, Ryan, because I was... No, because I was going to work my way to what you're actually saying right now. Well... I don't think that that surprise star is going to come for the Yankees offensively in the postseason. I think the surprise is going to come from the bullpen. It's going to be a guy who's going to have to step up and take on more of that Phil Hughes 09 postseason role, uh, who's kind of you know the bridge and is is used in a bunch of different ways. And for me, that guy is actually Jordan Montgomery because he's a guy that isn't going. To, I I would I would rather use Montgomery out of the bullpen because he is the best complement to the rest of the starting pitchers, whereas a Davey Garcia isn't that much of a compliment to a Garrett Cole or a Masiro Tanaka. So for me, Montgomery's going to be that that secret weapon for this team in the middle in the middle innings if they need that bridge to come in and and supplement a Garrett Cole who throws 98 to 100 from the right side. You you bring in Montgomery who's more of a breaker. Uh, he still throws pretty hard, but he's coming from the left side. He's that he's that difference maker that that. Uh, deviation from the from the usual that I think could be a major piece for this bullpen in the postseason. You know what I like about that is that because Montgomery ranks very high in opposing exit velocity, he has one of the lowest exit velocities in the league. Like that, but but it also he's also a guy that gets dinked and dunked a lot, and then and he's got to come in. He doesn't have the stuff to blow somebody away. Yeah, and for me, so that, I've said this a couple weeks ago. I'm using that guy as Chad Green, where I don't care oh, no, what inning it is. It, it yeah. you are the extinguisher. You're just like the Indians used uh, Miller a couple of years ago. But I don't Chris, care if it's the second inning and it's bases loaded and Haps on the mound or or whoever. You're bringing in Chad, Chad Green. Green is absolutely that guy. But the way that this schedule is formatted for the postseason, they're playing every single no, day up until that World Series. I think there's days off in between series. But when you don't have Chad Green available for that third straight day, you're gonna need a Loizaga, a Montgomery, somebody that you aren't 
sold on is going to have to step up yeah. and be that guy. And I don't know who it's, it could even be Luis Sessa. It's one of those, those tier guys that doesn't have a role for this postseason that needs to establish themselves in some way. And and that, that yeah, way well, is that know, bridge. Adam Montevino decided he was going to be, a, you know, yeah, exactly. waste, a, a giant waste of a roster spot this year. Dan, what have you seen out of him? Like why, what is it? What's Adam Montevino's problem? Honestly, it, it just seems like, his confidence is shot to me anyway. All his pitches are flat. His his breaking pitches are flat. They just sit over the plate, slider, you know, just what, what's the saying, the cement mixer. Like, it's just sitting over there dead red for the hitters. Um, yeah, he just he, he seems to have lost confidence. I mean, he was a great pickup last year. We saw what he did in uh, in Colorado, which is the reason why the Yankees signed him. Um, but it's just it's something different about about this season where he just looks off. And it's not he, – he, his numbers have been better over the last – I don't know. It's been like six or so appearances, but as a whole body of work, I have no confidence in him. And I'm going to piggyback off Stack Guy Rye a little bit. I didn't think of Jordan Montgomery, but I think uh, Jonathan Wise is going to be that guy who's going to come in and step up and be that pitcher where he's going to be able to come in and get outs. I mean, we see what he's done as a starter. Um, he has that purchase to, to throw hard. Um, he's He's got a couple of secondary pitches that work in his favor too. Um, I think he's going to be somebody who's going to step up. I he was somebody before the season started, before you know the, the season changed to what it changed into now. That I thought he was going to be a pitcher who could take that Dellen Batances, Chad Green type step. Where okay, you're a starter, you show some promise, but we think we could unleash you as a, as a bullpen arm. And he's shown some glimpses this year. It's been up and down, but he's going to be a guy that I'm looking to who could be that person who does step up. Look, the thing with Adovino is I can't. You can't. You can't trust him. You, no. how, how are you gonna? How can Boom really realistically put him on the mound when he needs a big out? Since he allowed six runs against Toronto, he's only allowed one earned run in yes. his past five innings pitch. So, yeah, yeah. Like and, Dan said, he did start to find. Yeah, it and to their the points there. right now with the confidence, Boone hasn't been putting him in close games. Maybe more recently, I don't. I haven't. You know, I'm currently moving, so things have been a little crazy here, but. Um, after that six-run game against Toronto, the next game I think was like a they had like a six-run lead or seven-run lead at that point where it wouldn't be a typical Adovino appearance. So I mean, Boone's looking to for him to gain his confidence back without risking the team losing. So I mean, you can real you can say that the Yankees have three guys in that bullpen that they trust. Uh, Green, uh, Chapman, and uh, Britton, Right? That should be enough to get. I mean. It should be enough, but you know Tanaka's probably not going to go past the six. The Yankees, for whatever reason, they have such a short leash on this guy in the postseason. Like he'll he'll throw sixty six pitches Wednesday, give up one run over five innings, and they'll take him out of the game for what? What reason? You know, I think it's just been. Where is he? No, it just seems to be what their mo is for him. It's like they never let him go deep into a game for some reason. This is just a little offhand, not to jump ahead too far, but like Tanaka. To me, it has to be the X factor. You got to get something out of him in game two where he does go at least six innings because, like we're talking about now, the bullpen shaky. We know Cole at the very you expect him to do that. We're, we're expecting him to have a Garrett Cole like performance tomorrow, tonight, whatever, however we're saying it. Then game three, have, that's going to be a game where you, you got to be ready for anything. Everybody's got to be ready, all hands on deck if it gets there. But but Tanaka, again, not to jump ahead, but Tanaka's got to be that X factor where he's got to provide a, a valuable outing for the Yankees. 
Look, and we're talking about guys that are going to step up, man. I, I Call me crazy. I like Michael King, man. If you notice when Michael King gets knocked around a little bit, it's, you know, maybe second time through the lineup, you know, maybe a second or third inning of work for one inning or one once through a lineup. You know, I'm not saying bring him in with guys on base, but if you need to, you know, maybe get, you know, let's say Hap gives you four in game three and you you might be a little light and you got to get to the sixth. Why not Michael King? He's got he's got decent enough stuff, man. And, you, and like I said, if he's going to get knocked around, it's usually after he's been, you know, a second or third inning or a second time through yeah. the lineup. For, for an inning, it might be worth taking a shot at. Well, you him. know what? To that point, obviously the Yankees – if they want a chance, have to really, you want them obviously to win the first two games and just be done with it. But even if they split, I don't think that's enough for them. I think if they're going to split the first two games, you also have to get length out of your starting pitching because they're going to have to get really fucking creative for game three. If they, if they want to have a chance. Do they have to get creative? I mean, they're yeah. I mean, you either, can't go either, into game three. To, you can't go into game three with a depleted bullpen and Jay Happ on the mound. No, no. Well, they can go in there with Davy Garcia on the mound or Davy Garcia. All I'm saying is, you you got to assume you're going to have to get creative in game three at that point. So you need I mean, some Garcia, distance. See the thing with Cole or Tanaka. I mean, game, Tanaka might have a real short leash depending on what happens in game one. If the Yankees, you know, lose game one, then you got to go. Tanaka can't have a, he can't have a long leash. But if you know we're looking at a game three here, uh, you know you're not going to give um, Garcia half a long leash. So one, so you're probably going to go with Ryan said if if you got to go in the middle of an inning, you're going to go to uh, Green. And if you're still early in the game, whichever one doesn't start is probably going to be the one that picks up the the bulk of the game. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Just to throw out, I got to throw out Masahiro Tanaka's postseason numbers. 46 innings pitched, nine earned runs. That's good for a 1.76 ERA. And as far as giving them that length, he hasn't thrown less than five innings in a in a postseason start. So so you're looking at at least five innings of three runs or less out of Masahiro Tanaka for uh, game two. Where'd I mean, to me, he, he, I there, there isn't anybody else to put anyway, but Tanaka, to me, Based off his past and how it's set up, he's the perfect game two pitcher. I mean, you trust Cole's going to do, like I said before, he's going to do Cole things. But the success that Tanaka's had in the playoffs, it's one of those things I know all Yankees fans talk about it. People don't really worry about his regular seasons and and his numbers that he puts up because you know when the lights shine brightest, he's going to perform. So I have high hopes for, for game two, even just as much as game one. I'm mostly curious if it comes to the game three, a, who's starting, and then, you know, that that pitching, like what, what's the carousel going to be like? How's it going to go? If it's half, are you going to go like two innings and then one way through the lineup and then that's it, you go with bullpen? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And just to add with well, Tanaka being the perfect number two, if if Garrett Cole comes out and he doesn't, you know, and they lose game one, is Masahiro Tanaka not the perfect pitcher you'd want to give the ball to in that type of situation too? So Masahiro Tanaka really is – the perfect postseason number two pitcher to have. Yeah. Damn, we brought this up on the show before. It's almost like Tanaka gets bored in the regular season. Like, it's not <laughs> enough hype for him. Yeah. yeah. It seems like he's always just working on different things, you know, trying new movements on, on his pitches or, like, you know, I, I don't know. He just always seems like he's just trying to define himself for the postseason. So, 
And, and then, you know, you'll get that game where, he, you know, remember when he, he matched up against you, Darv- no, is it Otani or Darvish? It was Darvish. Might have been both Darvish because Otani pitched he, Yeah. Yeah, and, and then uh, he he had one of his best, you know, starts as a Yankee against, you know, up, up against Darvish or, you know. So he gets up for certain games in the regular season. It's just like the, the mundaneness of, uh, of 162 just kind of bores him. Well, you, you know what, too, with Tanaka? I, I know his last start wasn't that great, but he looked much better this season than I've seen him in regular seasons of recent years. He actually changed up a lot of his approach towards hitters, and I think he looked really good this year. How many, what was the most earned runs? Uh, what, five? Five, yeah. And, and that he, was his I, fourth? His ERA jumped up point twenty five in his last start against But uh, other than Toronto. that, he hadn't given up more than three earned runs no. in any game. I mean, he looked really good this year, so you expect him to to take playoff Tanaka maybe to to another level now. Let's hope. So, Dan, what did you think of Matt Blake's first season? I I, I don't want to judge because he went from he made a big jump career wise. I forget yeah, the exact no, title he did. was with the Indians, but with like pitching coordinator. I think he was. I think he was uh, sweeping the bullpen. Floor. I think yeah, he yeah. was bat boy or bullpen yeah. backup catcher. And he had some boy. small role, and then he now he's pitching coach. I mean, I that's why when I think about it, my first word is disappointed because you hear you know the, the Yankees always love pushing the analytical stuff, and all their hires are the best hires in the world. Of course, who wouldn't say that? But um, yeah, I I would say disappointed. But again. I remember I was talking with my father. He was asking what what exactly he did with Indians because we knew he came from there. And I was just doing some research, and I was like, oh, wait, he didn't really do much at all with their big league team. He was, like we said, bullpen sweeper, pitching coordinator, whatever it is. But um, I don't know. I I was disappointed. But then again, it was a big jump for him. So hopefully this year, it was a shortened year, abbreviated. He kind of got his feet wet and things and – Next year he come out, you know. Because strike. I mean, you know, what you have to ask next, uh, what you have to ask next is, would Grandpa Larry have done a better job with this pitching staff? I mean, look at look at uh, San Diego. I mean, he's having a great time out there right now. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, people gave Larry a, you know, I, a lot of shit. I, I think I I do think that. It was good to change things up. I mean, Larry was here for a long time. Yeah, it was probably time to make the move. I don't think I you know. I'm in agreement. We've said it. It was probably time to make the move, but I think Larry was a scapegoat for a lot of the fans' frustrations with the way the the pitching staff handled itself. But do you think that was even Larry more than the analytical guys? Like, you know, we've seen how they pretty much transformed Sonny Gray to throw pitches that he wasn't comfortable throwing. Was that a Larry Rothschild decision? Or is that an organization? I don't want to talk about Sonny Gray. (laughs) (laughs) We're not allowed. My daughter's sleeping. I don't want to talk about something. <laughs> Just in general, think like I—I I don't know. That's the thing with the Yankees specifically. You even think about Boone. It's like, are—is it—is he? Are they just the puppets? And there's people pulling the strings behind the scenes, or is like who? I, I don't know. Dan, I respect your opinion. I really do. So I want to ask you this: Was Larry Rothschild a shitty pitching coach only at Yankee Stadium, and a good one on the road? Is that because? Look at Sonny Gray's splits. Did he do? Uh, did he? Did he take the games off on the, when Sonny pitched in the Bronx? Maybe I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I know the splits are crazy. I mean, it's hard to say. He was. It, it was. I mean, all right. Now we're gonna really go off the rails. That whole Sonny Gray 
era was just a wild one, but I mean, listen, <laughs> I'm happy he's doing his thing in uh, Cincinnati though. I'm Look, not surprised at all. No, I wasn't at all. Well. Not at all. Not at all. Here's the thing. Especially this year with nobody in the stands. There's nobody to boo his ass. So, of <laughs> yeah, course, he's right. pitching. Here's the thing with the Yankee pitching staff, right, in, in total. Fifth in the league in strikeouts. Third in the league in uh, least amount of walks. Uh, I believe sixth. What was it? Hold on. Give me a second here. Fourth in hits allowed. Um, sixth in earn runs allowed and they're all above league average. I mean, you got to say Matt Blake actually did a pretty decent job. Maybe during that, that stretch of eight games, it was looking like, uh, we hit rock bottom in all, you know, aspects of the team, but he actually, the pitching turned a corner. And like I said, over the last like 10, 15 games of the season, they've looked really good. So if you want to go back and I'm sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, no, you're good. You're good. Good. Uh, so if you really want to go back and look at the Sonny Gray trade, I think it was a failure for both teams because uh, Jorge Mateo made his major league debut this year for the Padres where he batted 154. Okay. Solid. Dustin, Dustin Fowler. Let's look at what he he's done. And I really felt so bad for oh, this kid. That was awesome. Yeah, he blew up, when he blew up his knee, he hasn't been in the major league since 2018. Okay, Jesus. and then who? And then uh, James Caprillion. James Caprillion. Caprillion. Yeah, who made his major league debut this year in two starts has a seven point three six ERA. Bust. I mean, so maybe the book's not written on him yet, but you know that's not a, that was not a good trade for either team. If you're looking at you know hindsight mm-hmm. now, uh, no, and and if Gray, where we three years later now it was. Tw- 2017 when the Yankees traded for something. And if Gray got the guy that they were expecting, the guy who's pitching now in Cincinnati and the guy who pitched in Oakland before they got him, it would have been night night and day of what we're talking about right now. It would have been a steal. And that's why Cashman took that risk and that gamble. Yeah, and look at another risk and a gamble he took. James Paxton, who uh, if the Yankees make it to the 2021 World Series, he might be able to pitch for him. I don't know. Did you see today that they were saying he may be available for the end of the postseason if they make it that far? Yeah, I know. Was he going to pitch? Yeah, I know. I was just making a joke. I don't expect. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I expect absolutely nothing out of him. And no, I no, I, no, I agree. You know, I, I was shocked when I saw it. I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, Meredith. I think Meredith Morakovitz brought that up in uh, on Sunday. They showed him pitching off flat ground. I'm like, well, if the Yankees make a deep run here. Okay, so now we're you know deep run. What are we late in the ALCS World Series? Now you're going to dust off James Paxton. I don't. You can't trust him at that point. Was it? I mean, what? What's? When's the last time this guy's pitched? July. Yeah. Now you're going to break him out in the World Series. It's just too risky. But do you take would depending on what Hap does, right? Well, no. I mean, if Hap's pitching, the only way they're making it deep enough, if he's pitching game three, is if they win and he pitches well. So, I mean, but my point is down the stretch, if you have a healthy Paxton finally, and it's a big game with you know Hap, you need to throw Hap out there. Do you trust Paxton actually, more than Hap? Ha- James Paxton actually pitched on August twentieth was his last start, which I did not think he may even made it anywhere close to. That Me neither. Season. Wow. Wow. I mean, you want, again, that's another trade you want to look at. Who who won, who lost. Uh, 
Sheffield this year four and three with a three point five eight ERA in ten games started. He had, he had a nice yeah, little year. Yeah, that's pretty over there. solid. The Yankees could use that. Yeah, could definitely use that type of guy to back in the rotation for sure. More than anything, fifty five innings pitched. Mm-hmm. He, he looks good. I I just I don't think they were ever going to hang on to him. So I, I it's kind of like the Sonny Gray thing where I I wasn't I'm I'm not mad that that trade really happened because Paxton. When he's healthy and on, I mean, we we've all seen how good he could really be. Look at so. the stretch he had last year, Dan. At the end yeah. of the year, I mean, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball during that stretch. He was a game yeah. one starter, uh, ALDS game one last year. Yeah, yeah. And I was in the stadium, and I wanted to choke him because he didn't even get out of the fifth inning. <laughs> uh, we brought this up on a show a couple weeks ago, and I, you know, I was wondering if you're in agreement with this. Cashman's got to stop playing these risk reward deals. If you're going to make a trade for a guy, you know, maybe it's time to start paying a little extra and get a guy that you know is going to, you know, if you're a first starting pitcher that you know is going to make 30 starts or, you know, a guy, you know, you're trading for a position guy who knows is going to be on the field at least 145 games a year. He keeps trying to, you know, hover around, you know, Kmart when maybe you should be shopping at, you know, Macy's or, you know, I don't know what a high-end store is, you know. I get my jeans from Old Navy, so maybe I'm the wrong person to make that comparison. But you understand what I'm trying to say here. That's true. I mean – it's weird because you see his his philosophy is the same, obviously, throughout. I mean, but when it comes to the offense, when he's making these Luke Voigt, Gio Urshela deals, yeah. even Aaron Hicks, I mean, for the most part, you, you win that deal you, and you make that trade 10 times out of 10 anyway. So it, it seems to work when he does that almost bargain hunting on offense, but it's the pitching where he tries and just, mm-hmm. I don't know, he doesn't want to pony up these, these players that end up, I don't want to say wasting their time, but like somebody like Chance Adams who – if you traded him at his peak, you could have got something way better than when you keep him for a couple of years, and he ends up doing absolutely nothing. So my, he, got, he got designated. He got designated for assignment. Yeah, didn't even get yeah. anything for him. My yeah. thing, my thing with Cashman doing that is like, hey, diamond in the rough. You're not giving up a lot for him. Screw it. Go for it. My issue with with Cashman has become when he's doing it not with guys who you question their talent, but guys who you question if they can stay healthy. I think yeah. that that's where he needs to draw the draw the line now and say okay I can't make Paxton deals anymore like that because I need guys who can stay on the field and okay maybe it's a diamond in the rough like a Luke Voigt that's fine maybe we can get the most out of him that's fine but no more with you know maybe he'll stay healthy for us and and, and he'll be great for us because he won't that was one of the biggest knocks with Paxton it was he can be great but when he's healthy. Right. And that was always the caveat, when he's healthy. And it's yeah, the well, same old story ever since he got traded to the Yankees. The Yankees cannot make deals like that going forward. You can't be like, well, he's an ace if he's healthy. Or he's he's the prototypical number two behind Cole if he's healthy. Or this guy's a great center fielder if he's healthy. No, I just You just got to eliminate because really – the Yankees have enough of those guys on this team. You're not going to get rid of John Carlos Stanton. John, let's bring this up right now. John Heyman reported the other day that John Carlos Stanton's not opting out of his contract, which I mean is the most obvious thing ever. But great I mean, reporting. How do you feel about that? <laughs> great reporting. I mean, I mean, I mean, how, I mean how, how do we feel about my, that? My thing. I, mean, that, was, I I remember writing uh, cheap plug on Bronx to Bushville back when they first traded for him the best case scenario would be him opting out because that means he had a monster three seasons. They probably won a world series. Stayed healthy. Never the contract. That was like best case scenario. But I mean, realistically 
there was it, it was that was a ninety nine percent chance of happening. The guy's so. played six games in two years. He can't stay healthy more than five days, and outside of his first season here, where he really carried this offense, and I give him all the credit in the world for that, he hasn't done enough over the last two years to follow that up and give any value to himself after coming off a year where teams lost an incredible amount of money and revenue and aren't going to be dishing out the contract that he has right now. I mean, it would be the dumbest thing in the entire world for him to even think about opting out of the contract he has right now. No, of course. And my biggest I mean, great... Sorry, Kirk. No, go ahead, Dan. I no, I was just going to say my biggest gripe just then too was, I mean, I would say Judge is... It's a cheap comparison to say they're... I would say that they're similar because I feel like you could dig deeper and see that I, I would think that Judge is a better offensive player just the way he takes pitches and the way you know he puts together better at-bats. But you the, the fact that they decided to instead possibly spend on a Bryce Harper and instead said, let's go Giancarlo, where they profile the same. And Christian, like you said before, and Chris, you too, that we, it's crazy how we can't say that they could bat back-to-back because yeah. if, it, if they're both off, it's – a three, a uh, six pitches between the two of them, and swings and misses. Like it, it's crazy, but they that, again, what we're saying, they not not that that was a conservative move, but compared to signing a Bryce Harper to a thirteen year deal, they went the conservative route and said we could get Stanton on the cheap and and you know get him for ten years or however long he was going to have. And I don't know, I I didn't like the move from day one unless that dream scenario, like I mentioned before, happened, which obviously didn't. So sure. definitely hasn't worked out. I mean, they still have him for another seven years, and the team hold the team does, right? The team holds the option towards the end. Yeah, they, he's. I'm trying to read here. Yeah, I mean, we no. Yeah, the Yankees have the, the Yankees have an option on him in 2028, but he's he's here for another seven years. Yeah, it's a lifetime away. I mean, uh, what do I mean? Are we expecting big things from John Carlos Stanton? I mean, yeah, I, I think yeah. of course. You have is to. Just gonna be a, or is he just going to be a fucking waste? No, no. You said it, and you said it perfectly. Giancarlo Stanton has to be that guy. I mean, he has to be that guy this year for himself and for this organization and for the fans. He has to be the guy in the postseason. He's going to be the guy who who keeps this offense alive this year. And if he can't be, if he's going to be the guy who goes up there and swings at outside pitches and rolls over on them or strikes out, then forget it. You can pack up and go home. Yeah, and then you're gonna have to, you know, watch that movie again for another seven years. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, I, I think I've given up on him staying healthy. But you know, just don't be a, don't be a waste when, when you're on the field. Nah, he's my guy this, great, this postseason. Give he's me gonna one give it to you. Great, give me, you know, give me one great postseason run. Yeah, give he, me one he, great. All it takes. Run. That's all it takes with the Yankees. Absolutely. And I think this year is the year you're going to get it. All right. So a couple of things before we wrap up here. Uh, and this is my fault for neglecting this. And, you know, maybe this is a good time to do it now to dance here. But, you know, uh, Aaron Boone a few weeks ago came out and said uh, when they announced the postseason schedule that uh, they did not know heading into the trade deadline that there would be no off days until the World Series in any of these series. Yeah. Does that, you know, do you think the Yankees would have been more aggressive at the trade deadline, you know, maybe trying to get another starting pitcher in here, maybe another another relief pitcher, anything, had they have not had that information in front of them on all, you know, heading into August 31st? 
I mean, it, it is crazy to me that they didn't know that before the trade deadline. That's, that's just wild. It seems like malpractice just for the sport. Um, but, again, what we were talking about before Cashman, I mean, he's not making deals unless it's at his price. And he, it's already public knowledge at this point that they ha- he, he mentioned, I forget if it was on WFAN, ESPN, whatever, he was on a radio show and said they had three deals ready to yeah, go that for one reason that. or another back, like, didn't happen. So I, I want to say, I mean, maybe he would have been a little more aggressive, maybe would have done, like, a, going back to 2017, like a Jaime Garcia-type deal where just somebody coming in to plant here and there. But they also have those guys on the roster. Um I don't know. I, I, my gut says no, especially because if they had deals lined up and they fell through, I mean, what much more could they have done, especially with those three trades? So, I don't know. I just feel like Rob Manfred's an idiot. Yes. We all agree yeah. on that one. Yeah. So, this wasn't like, like this wasn't an internal issue where, like, Hal forgot to hand over the note to Cashman. Like, he was like, ooh, boss, sorry, forgot to tell you. This was just Manfred being like, you know what, guys, forgot to forgot to slip this in here. Uh, you're not going to have any off the, days uh, because what they didn't, they had not locked down that there would be a postseason bubble at that, at this point either. No. Yeah. When was the deadline? What was the actual date? August 31st. Okay. So you had Paxton hurt at that point. He had made his last start. So, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just not an excuse to me. If you're going to make a move, you make the move. And if you're not, you're not to me, knowing that having that knowledge at that point, shouldn't make any difference. If you need a guy at that point, you need a guy. Yeah. But off days, yeah, but with off days, we've seen the Yankees win the World Series with three starters. Now there's no off days. You have to pitch. You know, you're going to have to pitch five guys most likely in the division series. But Christian, who's your third starter at this point? I mean, regardless, who's your third starter? Jay Happ? It doesn't. Yeah, but then now, let's say the Yankees get past the wild card round. You can go to Garrett Cole again. You probably can't go to Garrett Cole again. It, all I'm saying is you don't have a solid three guys to begin with, especially at that time. Hap turned it around over his last handful of starts, but at that point, you're telling me that you're okay with having Jay Hap as your third starter in a postseason series just because you have off days? I mean, at that point, if you're going to make a move, you make the move regardless. No, I don't want... Nobody's okay with Jay Hap. Well, that's the argument you're making in in so many words. Or that the Yankees, the or that the Yankees yeah, made. Well, Jay Happ, I can't believe that the Yankees season could be on the line on Thursday with Jay Happ on the mound. That is wild. <laughs> that is twenty twenty in a nutshell. So, uh, speaking of twenty twenty, uh, is this a legitimate? Uh, whoever wins the World Series this year, is this a legitimate World Series? We had this oh, talk, Dan. Behind 100%. the scenes. I see. This is my thing. I, I told Chris this. I said. Call my buddies saying, oh, it'll be a waste. First off, there's still a season. There's still a championship to be won. Why not be the team to win? Like, well, I don't understand how people could say it's not legitimate when there's a title on the line. Even if it is, I'd, I'd rather, if I'm an owner, a coach, a player, I'd rather be the team that has the illegitimate championship than no championship at all this year. Sure. That, that, that's my line of thinking. I, I've been like that since day one for all these sports. We see football, basketball. I, I think they're all legitimate. I mean, Think of baseball. They, they they started up for so long, all that preparation for spring training. They got delayed so long. Matt, that's that, that's hard to do where you have to – you're ramping everything up, shut it all down, ramp up again. I mean, it's tough to overcome. I understand the expanded playoffs, and that can lead to a little more of a, like a crapshoot, but I think that there's, there's no 
I, all right, I could see where people are like, it's not legitimately 28 championships. Like for Yankee fans who love the lore of the, and the history of the, the organization. And who can never whatever. be satisfied. But it, for, for this to be one year where there's a championship on the line, if there's a championship, might as well go win it. That's my, that's my thought. For, yeah. for me, out of all the things Manfred has done terribly, his worst decision was changing the postseason format for this season. Because for me, I had already gone all in and said, you know what, I got to put my bullshit aside. The season's a season. If you make it to the postseason, it's the same, it's the same, you know, journey anyway. And then he messed with the playoffs. And I'm not saying it makes it illegitimate to me. To me, you either are all in or you're out. Because you can't say it's illegitimate if if the Marlins win, but then if the Yankees win, it's fine. You yeah. have to be all in or or all out at this point. But I think that's where he made his biggest mistake and I know why he did it and it makes sense but I think he ruined the fact that that was the one thing we can take that had normalcy of of a shortened season was that the postseason was the postseason at that point and now it's you know a bracket with eight teams from each league I wonder how the Yankees would have handled this season if there was an expanded postseason it would have been different. I, I wonder. I do wonder that did they just settle into complacency because after sixteen and six, they pretty much knew they were getting to the postseason. That's tough to say because with a team that wins as much at home and has a completely different outlook playing on the road, you want to get those first three games at home. But they really didn't. They really didn't push for it. Yeah, no. I mean, they just felt that they were too far from that. I think it was too little, too they late. Were, they were a game out when they started losing. I mean, they could have easily done this. They. It seemed like once they got to Buffalo, they pulled. They pulled the foot off the pedal. Yeah, but this comes back to what we were talking about way earlier. What you were saying, Christian. It's like I don't know why they. They. They clearly took their foot off the pedal, as you said. Why didn't they tinker with? Some different things, lineup wise, like you said, Hicks trying to go the like things like that. I that's that, that was my thing with it. It's like they did take their foot up the pedal, but they didn't really try anything. They did the I, same I thing every day. What's that? They kept doing the same thing every day yeah. instead of really trying to make something work. The Marlins I get it. are. I mean, you don't want to do too many drastic things with a few games left, but why not at this point? The Marlins are a, were a fun, scrappy team, but. There's no way in hell they should have came in here and completely shut the Yankees down no. for basically two and a half games. No. The Yankees exploded in one inning, and that's how they won uh, Saturday's game. But, you know, to basically be shut down by the Marlins, eh, come on. That, that's just a, it just showed at home, just sort of complete lack of interest in, that the Yankees had in playing those games, Dude, the, in my opinion. A couple of years ago, we were at the regular season games when the Yankees were going through a rough stretch in 2018. And everyone went to Boone fired within 25 games of the season. You remember this? And they and the Marlins came to town, and the Yankees got swept. I think. I mean, it was just the it was their rock bottom for that season, and then after that, they a, seemed to turn yeah, it, it around. Miserably, it was a miserably cold day that day. Yes, and I think that was Andujar's first uh, major league home running hit. Yeah. But as Dan was saying, like. People are calling this an illegitimate title. Uh, you know, it won't be really 28 rings, but guarantee you 
People are saying that if the Yankees win, are going to be the same people, you know, having aneurysms and strokes typing on their Twitter machine that Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman need to be fired if the Yankees don't win the World Series this year. Which is something you said, for sure. Um, but you changed your tune and said that because of the shortened season, you can't judge them. But in the same breath, you said that this season had to be looked at as the same as every other. So you kind of contradicted yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't. I'm. I just don't know that the Yankees are going to make rash decisions like changing the manager based off. Of this no, season. you can't. It would be stupid. I mean, it would be. He's up after and, this year, though, right? His contract was only three years. Somebody said he's got an option. I, I never. That's the weirdest thing that we've never heard anything about his contract this year about him being a lame duck manager. I've heard that he had an option. It was the only thing that I heard about it. Hmm. But I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I did. After the, you know, coming into the season, I said the Yankees don't win. You know, you got to make some changes. But then COVID happened and we had 60 games. And I think you do have to look at things a little bit differently. You know, Dan, we'll, we'll wrap up with this. You know, how did Boone, did, he just didn't look like the same guy this year until, well, when, when did he get thrown out of the game? Friday night? Yeah. He just didn't look like the same guy this year. Something was missing. I don't know what it is. I, I, I like Boone a lot, but I think I like him as the ESPN, uh, you know, booth guy where he, you know, he has, he, he's a great speaker. He's always trying to, you know, prop the team up in that regard. But I don't know, man. I, I But again, at the same time, while I'm saying that, that's what the Yankees want. They want that figurehead. That's, that's really what they're, that's why he got hired. I mean, they, it's on record that if the Yankees won the World Series, Joe Girardi still would have been like going in twenty after twenty seven. Yeah, I mean, so this is very obviously what they wanted. Um, I would say that because it's like, could you even judge him on decisions that he's making doing? Because is he really making those decisions? I don't know. I really th- th- that's always the rumor, right? But I truly don't know if he's doing it or not. And so if, go ahead. If they don't win, let's say they don't win this year, and Cashman's like, "You're gone. Get out." Who's going to come? Buck Showalter's not walking through the door. It's going to be Aaron Boone Jr. Yeah, it would just be someone just like him, I would think. Aaron Boone's not going anywhere, though. He's not going anywhere. I don't think so. I I don't, like I said, unless they get, like, completely embarrassed in these two games, I just. They would have had to miss the postseason for for that to be even an option. And I don't even know if they would have done it at that point. Right. They probably wouldn't have. But that would have, that at the very least is what would have had to have happened. All right, so uh, I think, you know, we looked at it from the Yankee perspective. Uh, it, it just, it's going to come down to this. Uh, you know, no disrespect to the Indians. Shane Bieber's great. Carlos Carrasco's great. Uh, they're going to have three really good starters to throw out the Yankees, but if the Yankees play to their capabilities, they're going to win this series. Absolutely. Uh, the Indians are not a better team than the Yankees. The Yankees are going to have to, def- uh, you know, Shane Bieber can go out there and out out duel uh, Garrett Cole. It can happen. Like, I don't think anybody thinks that's out of the realm of possibility. But even if that does happen in games two and three, the Yankees are going to have to do things to lose those games, in my opinion. Uh, so here we are. We'll go around the room. We'll start with Ryan. You know. You know, we wake up Friday. You know, we wake up Friday morning. What are we looking at? Are we going? Are we looking at games Monday, or, or are we doing the Yankee fan therapy session? No, Yankees are Yankees are gonna 
win this series, I'd say in two games. You look at Shane Bieber, he had a great, great 2020 season, the runaway Cy Young candidate, but you look at his 2019 season in the one game he uh, pitched against the Yankees, he only went an inning and two-thirds, allowed five earned runs. Clint Frazier was a piece in that game. Luke Voigt was a piece in that game. Those guys will be playing uh, tonight or tomorrow night whenever you're listening. And so I, I think the Yankees take care of business. I'm, I'm going with Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees to take game one and Masahiro Tanaka to piggyback and sweep this series in two. All right, Dan, what do you say? Uh, I mean, my gut's saying Yankees in three, and I'm going to stick with that. But the thing that scares me is the streakiness of this team and that they've been so hot and so cold, and it's just hard to – imagine what team is going to show up. And I think that they have enough talent where enough talent that has experienced plus. I know it's different with no fans. And I think that plays a big factor, especially the postseason. but I think they have enough players who've had this time where they've been able to experience big games. Every like pretty much everybody on this roster has made, had a big hit or pitched a big pitch at some point in the playoffs and that's a big factor, and I, I understand the streaky. That That's my biggest concern, but in the end, I'll go with the experience, and I'm going to take Yankees in three. Chris? i uh, got to piggyback off Dan there and, and just say the overall confidence and swag of this team going into the postseason is what's ultimately going to take them over the top, but I'll say this, man. If they're going to win it, it's got to be in two. If you get to that third game, I don't know if I feel as confident. I'm not saying they can't do it, of course. I mean, anything can happen in that game three. And I'm really talking shit about Jay Happ for some reason, assuming that that he's going to be the guy. But he really he had a great year for him, for what we expected. And, and where he started to where he finished, he actually really turned a season around. So he deserves a little more credit than what I've been giving him this episode. Um, but at the end of the day... You have to win with Garrett Cole on the mound. Christian said it before. You're not going to get him again in this series. This is only a best of three. You got to win with Garrett Cole on the mound. And if you can do that, you have all the confidence in the world that Masahiro Tanaka is going to do what he's done over the last handful of years in the postseason and shut this team down. The Indians do not scare me. They are a great team. They have good pitching. And Shane Bieber is going to win Cy Young, in my opinion. I'm not putting them down, but if the Yankees lose, they have no excuse other than that they didn't show up because they are the better team. 3-4-70 array for uh, Jay Happ this year. Phenomenal. Was only, Jeez. Phenomenal. It was only, what, nine starts, but... Phenom- it's still what, phenomenal. What would you What would you have set the over-under on Jay Happ's season-ending year array this year? 6.5. No, I wouldn't have gone. I would probably set it at like four seven. Can I say something yeah. though? The three four seven is actually more impressive to me in only nine starts because the team needed him. If J Hap did end up with a six seven ERA, forget it. They might. They probably wouldn't even made the postseason. I mean, yeah, and that he blew for like the first half of the year too. Well, yeah, but but he really he really found himself, and at the same time, Garrett Cole showed up as the Garrett Cole we know. And at the same time, we got to see a guy like Davey Garcia show up and pitch some really good games. So to me, the it's still the Yankees series to lose for sure. I tell you what, I don't trust Jerry. I don't trust Jay Happ at all. He is the prototypical cheating girlfriend. Every time that you uh, take her back, things are good for a couple weeks. Sure. And then she's slurping. She's slurping <laughs> on some guy behind a 7-Eleven. That's okay? true. And that's that's Slurpy what happens Slurpy. with J-Hap. Okay? Especially on free Slurpee Day. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, given, right? given. 
you know. Come on with that. Hey, <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. And then just you know, that's Jay Hap for you. But I gotta give I gotta give the guy a lot of credit, man. He backed up his his talk. He he said, you know, you know, realistically, he was you know, the Yankees were fucking around with him because he sucked, not because of his contract. But he went out there and said, I should have the ball in my hand every five days. And you know, except for the Met game where he blew the four nothing lead. Since he said that, he. Proved to be the a guy that should have the ball in his hand every five yeah. days. So I got to give him credit for that. Is there any chance we get Davy Garcia game three starting or no? It's definitely have right. Oh, dude! I, if I Davy no Garcia idea. was lights out the other day, yeah, and went deep into the game, he was lights out like he was a couple starts ago. You'd really, I mean, you'd have to consider it for sure. Because probably two starts ago, I I tweeted, I was like, he's definitely the game. He has yeah. game three starts. Gotta be. Yeah, yeah you're right. Bro. I forget that last game, man. I don't know. It's interesting, though. I'm curious. They both gave up three runs in their last start this week. Yeah, this that's why I'm saying Davey Garcia had to be lights out for him to overtake Hap for me because Hap was and just is, too and good. I think it was Flaherty that said this in the post game in one of these games. He said he would start Garcia, I believe he said, because of the of the penchant for Hap to blow up faster than Garcia would blow up in a game. I actually like that, and that's my biggest thing on Garcia. As good as his stuff is, I don't always, you know, analyze a guy on his stuff as much as I do his demeanor on the mound. And Davy Garcia, that's why I know Davy Garcia is going to be a successful pitcher. The dude's five foot nine, sitting in the center of a baseball diamond, and nothing rattles him. And I actually, that's his best feature, I think. And that's what actually a great point. Start? Here's the one thing that scares me before I give my prediction. What was his worst start of the year? Wasn't it against the Orioles? No, it was against the Red Sox. And remember how much pressure he put on himself to pitch on the mound at Fenway Park because Pedro Martinez is his idol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That scares me a little bit. Of, that scares me a little bit about a postseason start for him. Not saying that he can't do it. I'm just saying at his age that he put that much pressure on himself to pitch in an empty Fenway Park because that's where his idol pitched. You know, the Yankees season could be on the line. I'm just, you know, it does scare me a little bit. But here's my prediction. Whoever wins game one is going to win the series. I don't think either one of these teams is going to rebound from losing the game with their ace on the mound. You still have to give us a prediction I, then. That's my prediction. No, you, then that's you have to give us a I, prediction of who's going to win game one. You can't that's just. That's my prediction. That <laughs> no. whoever's ace win, you know. Whoever wins two games will win the series. Give us a right, give us a team. Commit. Why don't you shut up? Why don't you go drown yourself? Okay? That's great. But Shane Bieber, you have the last name Bieber. I have Bieber okay. fever. But for Justin, I have no res- I have no respect for Bieber's in this world. I love Justin None. Bieber so much. Okay, you can take your one point whatever ERA and go write a pop song with it. Okay, okay, okay. The Yankees went out there and they gave Garrett Cole three hundred and twenty-four million dollars this offseason to win this game. I'm not saying that Garrett Cole's entire Yankee career is going to be written. The book on his career is going to be written in this game. But this is why Garrett Cole was brought to the Bronx. This is why Brian Cashman went out there 
and gave him a treasure chest with Yankee caps and and scrapbooks and every other and you know Custom and an iPad. iPad with I Heart Garrett pictures on it. Okay, this is what Brian Cashman dusted off Andy Pettit for mm. Garrett Cole well to done. pitch Game One of a playoff series. Garrett Cole versus Justin just, Bieber here. Okay, all right, Game One. <laughs> Justin Bieber, decent just pitcher. Playoff. Justin Bieber, okay, good pitcher. This is not just any playoff series. This is a wild card round. This is unprecedented. Best of three, no travel. This is the game Garrett Cole was born to pitch for the New York Yankees right now. This is the biggest game of his career. Fuck what he did in Houston. I don't give a shit, okay? You want to say he pitched game seven in the World Series or he pitched game six or whatever the hell he pitched? Doesn't matter. He's, in the, he's a Yankee now. Now, this is the biggest game of his life. This is why he's an ace. He's going to go out there and prove it tomorrow night. So Garrett Cole is going to go out there, in my opinion, and he's going to outduel Shane Bieber. You just pumped me the fuck up. Game. You just pumped me the fuck up. I'm ready to he, go now. He's going to go out there and show everybody that wanted to run him out of town after two bad starts in a row while you are while you were an absolute moron. Yes. That you wanted to run this guy out of town because he wasn't allowed to have a slump in the middle of the most fucked up season ever. Ever. He's going to go out there and prove. And what did I, what did I say? Garrett Cole didn't hit his dominant run until start 12 of in 2019. What start is this going to be tomorrow for him, Ryan? 12, motherfucker. 12. Is it going to uh, be twelve? Did he uh, make eleven starts this year? I thought that I thought that was the uh, ultimate hype right there. I thought you knew it. I thought you had I the scripted. Know no, I have no idea. I thought, I thought that was like a. I thought that was like the. Right there. Yeah. That was like the punchline for for a stand-up comedian. I thought you that's what you were hitting. He us made with. twelve starts this year. Yeah, yes. twelve starts. So boom. Okay, there we go. There Let's is. go. The best wrestling promo I've seen in a while. <laughs> okay. We all we've been made, we've been saying it over and over again this year. It's Garrett Cole, baby, and you're gonna be screaming it. Let's do outside it outside on your front porch tomorrow night around nine thirty when Aaron Boone takes the ball from him when he gives the Yankees seven and two thirds of one run. Let's ball. fucking go! You just Jose gave me goosebumps. And 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 uh, Francisco Lindor don't even know what the hell happened to him. Let's when fucking go! Ninety nine on the corners. I'm not okay? sleeping tonight now. This is what Garrett Cole was brought here to do. You know, cash that check tomorrow night or tonight. Cash that it. check, Garrett. Let's go. And then, and then, you know what? I know what? Tonight we get playoff Tanaka, and then we'll see you Monday night. See ya. Peace, Dan. Thanks for staying with us for seventeen hours. Good time. Went by quick, yeah. Now Chris gets to talk about his balls. I actually didn't even slip this in. First of all, if you're still listening, uh, you're fucking out of your mind. But please leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. Uh, support for this episode of the MIYSD podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision... Precision... I can never fucking say that. Offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Get 20% off and free shipping with code MIYST20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code MIYST20. I promise your balls will thank you. Uh-huh. All right, so let's wrap this up here. You know, 
Game one, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Game two, two Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, both on ESPN. Won't need and a game then, three. Uh, we, uh, let's go. Let's, let's fucking go. go. We've been, this has been the most fucked up year of our lives. This is what we've been waiting for, the Yankees to take the, take the field in a postseason game. I'm not ready for it to end. I don't want the season to end. My birthday is Sunday. I don't want the season to end before my birthday. Ugh. All right. no, not, you know what? Stay home Saturday. Do the world a favor. No problem. Ryan, Ryan you'll be Meg's date. No problem. <laughs> Your kids will be calling Ryan daddy. Uncle daddy. <laughs> Uncle daddy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. All right, Dan, thank you very much for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Stack. Uh, at Jesus, at Stack. <laughs> Dan, you want to plug anything? You want to drop your Twitter before we let you go here? Nah, just uh, pl- uh, follow me, Dan J. Federico on Twitter. Always tweeting out, you know, a bunch of random stuff during games. Uh, still writing at Bronx to Bushville. That's where you can find all my work. So, yeah, just check me out there. And always a pleasure being with you guys. Love it. Whether it's uh, a second-round preview or a, uh, a morning podcast, so I'm looking forward to being on the next one. You're the man, Dan. Right, Dan. Thanks. Dan, you are the man. Thank you very much. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Ryan, drop your handle. At StackGuyRye underscore NYYST. At Chris Jr. underscore MYYST. At Christian underscore NYYST. Thank you for listening to episode 195 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Ryan, I want to hear it. I want to hear it loud, bro. Wake up the not neighbors. Not too loud. No, My I'm kids not going to do it loud, but I'll just give a nice hard go Yanks. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.